We understand it's not our law today, but it is very profitable for us to read about how God dealt with men in the former age. We can learn about how God rewards faith and perseverance and how uh, He rewards those that seek Him. We have many examples that are found there that tell us about uh, what happens when we violate God's laws and covenant and the punishment that people receive. So there are many principles to be learned uh, in the Old Testament. and welcome to another episode of What the Bible Says. We are a group of people who are trying to find answers to modern day questions about how we should live our lives. And we find those answers by only using the Bible. This podcast is not supported by any congregation or denomination in any way. However, if you do enjoy the podcast, we do ask one thing from you. Please send this episode to someone you think would enjoy it. Or perhaps take a screenshot of your phone right now and post a picture of this episode to put on your social media. And lastly, please get on our website and send us a question that you have about an episode or a topic that you want us to cover. The goal of this podcast is to answer questions from listeners like you. Now let's search together what the Bible says. Welcome. I'm happy to have another opportunity to study with you. We're in a series of lessons studying about how to read, understand, and make application of the Bible. And in the first lesson, we looked at how it, uh, the different ages of the Bible uh, are revealed to us. There are three periods of Bible history. The patriarchal age, where God spoke to the fathers, then the Mosaic Age, in which God gave a written law to the nation of Israel, and then the age of the gospel, or the age of Christians, the Christian age in which we live. And we pointed out the major events in each of those periods of time and showed how uh, God's revelation is progressive and there needs to be an understanding of what period of time that we live under today. In this lesson, we want to look at the Old Testament and how it is that we should read the Old Testament, how to understand uh, what it has to teach, and how to make application for our lives as Christians. As we look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament was designed to be temporary, is the first thing to understand when you read it. It's not our law for today. But it was the law that was given to Israel, and it was given to govern that physical nation in the land of Canaan. We're told in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 3, The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, with all of those of us alive here today. So the law of Moses and the Ten Commandments and those things that were given at Mount Sinai were given for the nation of Israel that was gathered there at Mount Sinai and for their descendants that were going to live in the land of Canaan. In Exodus chapter 34 and verses 27 and 28, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down these words, for in accordance with these words I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. 
So he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights, and he did not eat bread or drink water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments were the heart of that Old Testament law, and uh, those commandments were called the covenant, the Old Covenant, in a number of passages, because they're kind of the center of that Old Testament system. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verses 13 and 14, so he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you might perform them in the land where you are going over to possess it. So the Old Testament law was given to the nation of Israel. It was for the practice of that nation in the land of Canaan. A central part of that Old Testament covenant was the Ten Commandments was given to them. In the New Testament, uh, nine of those Ten Commandments are repeated for Christians. The commandment to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is not repeated in the New Testament. So we need to recognize that this law was given to Israel. And unless these things are repeated in the New Testament, those laws and ceremonies and so on were not uh, to be brought over and connected with salvation for Christians. We can see that this law of Moses was given for that period of time in order to keep the nation of Israel separate from the other nations of the earth until the time was right for Jesus Christ to come through uh, the seed of Abraham. And so there are many rules and regulations that were given to keep Israel separate and apart from the surrounding pagan nations that were there. We're told in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14, Paul says, For he himself is our peace, Jesus Christ is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier, the dividing wall. That dividing wall was the law of Moses. And it kept Jew and Gentile separate from each other during that Old Testament period of time until Christ had come. When Christ came, he took away the Old Testament laws and regulations and brought in the New Testament. And then we have both Jew and Gentile who put their faith in Jesus Christ can be made one new nation, spiritual nation, the church, Christians, so when we read the Old Testament, we understand that its purpose was, one of its purposes was to keep Jew and Gentile separate. Paul uses a figure of the dividing wall uh, of the law. In the temple compound, there was a wall set up around the temple, and there were signs that were set up there that said that if any Gentile went beyond that point, that they would be put to death. So he used that wall as a figure to show what the law of Moses did. It separated Jew from Gentile. The Old Testament was temporary because it was only to serve as the law for that physical nation of Israel until Jesus Christ came to provide salvation, not only for the Jewish people, but for the whole world and to bring in the new covenant. We're told in Galatians 3 and verse 19 by the Apostle Paul, why the law then? It was added because of transgressions having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed should come to whom the promises had been made. So this all law was a temporary law. It was to last, try to restrain sin and transgression, 
try to keep the Israelites as pure as possible from all of the immorality in the world and the idolatry until Jesus Christ, the seed that was promised that was going to bless all nations, comes. In Galatians 3.16, now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed that is Christ. So, they're waiting on Jesus Christ to come. That's how long the old law was to last, until Jesus died upon the cross. That old law was to serve as a tutor, a schoolmaster, to educate uh, the Israelites and prepare them for the coming of Christ. But when Christ came, they were no longer going to be under that, that tutor, that schoolmaster, the law of Moses. In Galatians 3, 24 and 25, Therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So we read our Old Testament and we understand that it's not the law for Christians, but it was a law for the nation of Israel to prepare them for the coming of Christ and to keep them separate from other nations and out of sin. In the Old Testament itself, God, through the prophet Jeremiah, foretold that there was going to come a new covenant. And once God says there'll be a new covenant, that's what makes the first covenant of law of Moses the old covenant. And it is ready, the Hebrew writer says, to pass away. It's growing old because it's going to be replaced by a new contract, a new system, the New Testament. Listen to God's prophecy given to Jeremiah. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their hearts I will write it, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each, again, each man his neighbor, and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquities and their sins I will remember no more. So there's going to be a new covenant that's going to replace the old covenant. It's not going to be remodeled but it is going to be different than the covenant that they were under. It's not like it. It's not a, a covenant that's going to be written on tables of stone that's going to rule people from the outside. It's going to be a new covenant that people have in their hearts and they serve from their hearts. And God is going to write the law on the hearts of the people. There's not going to be anybody that's a part of the new covenant that's going to have to be taught to know the Lord because everybody's going to hear about Christ in the gospel. They're going to believe and repent, confess Christ, be baptized, and become Christians that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Master and Lawgiver. So every Christian knows um, the New Testament, and he knows that he's got to follow the words of Christ. And it is a spiritual covenant. The old covenant was faulty, the Hebrew writer said. God found fault with the people because they couldn't keep a system of perfect obedience. It was not possible for that old law to save people because it didn't have within it uh, sufficient blood 
that could atone for sin. It only had animal sacrifices. It didn't have a perfect priesthood that could offer up that blood uh, that could bring people forgiveness of their sins. We needed a new system because of the sinful uh, faultiness of man in not being able to keep a law perfectly. So God brought in a new system. The law was temporary because it was a law that demanded perfect obedience to law in order to be saved. Paul says in Galatians 3.12, However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them, is what Moses said about the commandments. If you want to live by the law of Moses, you have to keep all the commandments perfectly and earn your salvation because uh, it's not based on faith in putting your trust in Christ and God's grace. In Romans 2 and verses 12 and 13, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Paul points out to be saved by the old law, the Old Testament, one would have to keep that law perfectly. And nobody could keep it perfectly, and nobody did keep it perfectly. That old law bore witness to the need for God's grace and for a perfect sacrifice. Uh, Nobody was justified by perfect law-keeping. Only people that were saved were people that put their trust in God to save them and to provide some way of forgiveness. In Romans 10 and verse 5, for Moses writes that the man who practiced the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. And nobody but Jesus Christ ever kept that law perfectly. So when you read the Old Testament, you understand that that was a temporary system that you're studying about. A system that showed the need for a Savior to come into the world. It testifies to the sinfulness of man and our need for a perfect Savior and a way that we could be saved based on faith and not perfect obedience. The Old Testament law could not justify you once you broke that law. In Galatians 2.16, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. Paul's pointing out we can't go back to the law of Moses. The law of Moses cannot justify us. The Old Testament system did not have the power to redeem people that violated it. It couldn't declare you not guilty like the blood of Christ can do. So we are saved by putting our faith, obedient faith, in Jesus Christ. That's what brings us salvation. The Old Testament law did not have the power to do that. Therefore, it was temporary. It was only for a period of time until the perfect system could come. In the book of Hebrews, we're told what that great weakness was. They had no sacrifice with those animal sacrifices that could cleanse somebody from sin. Those animals, their lives are not equal to human beings who have a soul that's going to last forever, that's made in the image of God. Those animal sacrifices were just shadowy outlines 
pointing ahead to a perfect sacrifice that Jesus Christ would offer. In Hebrews 10, 1-4, For the law, since it was only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very form of things, can never by the same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, they would have ceased to be offered, because the worshiper, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sin year by year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. So when you read the Old Testament to have a proper understanding of it, you know that that's not our law today. That we're learning from its examples, we're learning about the principles that God used to deal with men. We're we're told about how inadequate a system based on animal sacrifices and trying to keep a law perfectly to save ourselves. Uh, The Old Testament shows us that is not possible. We needed something better. And all of those better things were supplied through Jesus Christ and the New Testament. So we read the Old Testament understanding that it was temporary and that it was intended to be done away with. And when Jesus came, he fulfilled all of the things that were intended to be accomplished uh, by the law. He kept the law himself perfectly. He offered himself as the perfect sacrifice. He becomes a perfect high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He becomes a perfect king and prophet. And he fulfills all of those things the Old Testament said were going to need to take place. And he brought an end to that old covenant and brings in the new covenant. In, Ma- in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says in Matthew 5:17 and 18, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. So Jesus didn't come to abolish, or as the King James says, destroy the old law. He came to fulfill it first, and then he could take it out of the way. But he wasn't going to ignore those prophecies. He wasn't going to ignore what the Old Testament pointed ahead to. He was going to fulfill it and complete it, and then he'd be able to bring in the New Testament. In John chapter 19 and verse 28, we can see Jesus dying on the cross, having fulfilled all of the prophecies, and he knew it was time then that that old law could be finished. The work would be completed that he came to do in fulfilling that law. In John 19, 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished in order that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said, I am thirsty. And then after he took that drink, he cried out with a loud voice. When Jesus, therefore, had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. That Old Testament system was fulfilled and complete. When we read the Bible, we understand that the Old Testament, that law of Moses, came to an end at the cross. It is finished, Jesus said. And now he was able to take it out of the way and bring in a new covenant to where all Jew and Gentile together could be saved by faith. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15, Paul talks about the end of the old covenant and the bringing in of the new. 
For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier, the dividing wall, by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments, contained in ordinance, ordinances that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. So they had that barrier, the dividing wall of the law of Moses. But at the cross, Jesus broke down that barrier between Jew and Gentile. And now both can come through Christ and his cross into the one body, the church, and they can be one new people, Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. And now he's made the two into one new man, not Jew and Gentile anymore, but now they're Christians. So Jesus has brought in a new system, but first he took away the Old Testament law. In Colossians 2 and verse 14, having canceled out their certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The Old Testament system gave us those holy, good, righteous commandments, but nobody could keep those commandments and live by them. All they served to do was point out our sin and show that we owed God a debt. Jesus, by dying on the cross, paid for those sins. He took that IOU, the old law, out of the way and brought in the system of salvation that is the gospel. In Hebrews 10 and verse 9, the Hebrew writer says, Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. Jesus did God's will. He fulfilled that old law. He took it out of the way. And now he has established a new law, the law of Christ, the gospel. So when we read the Old Testament, we read understanding it's a preparatory period of time, that it was written for our learning and encouragement and to see the development of God's scheme of redemption, but it's not our law today. We can't go back there and get practices and bring them over to the New Testament uh, and bind them today. The New Testament is the law of Christ. We're told in Galatians 2 and 6 and verse 2, Bear one another's burden and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. The New Testament is the law of Christ. It is the law of liberty. It's the law of the spirit of life. It is the law that can bring us salvation. It has grace connected with it and forgiveness. And it gives us a high holy standard by which to live. In 2 John 9, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. We must abide in Christ's teaching as it was revealed through the apostles and prophets and written down for us in our New Testaments. Sanctified by Christ's blood, this new covenant is what we need to follow and abide by. We don't uh, bring over and add in things from the law of Moses. So we understand that when we read it. In the time of Christ's transfiguration, you remember that he had Peter, James, and John go up on the mountain with him, and Moses and Elijah appeared with Christ in glory, and uh, the apostles were very impressed seeing Christ there with uh, Moses and Elijah representing the old law, and he, Peter suggested we should build three tabernacles, one to uh, Elijah and one to Moses and one to Christ, but a cloud overshadowed them, and God spoke from the cloud. And he said, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud said, 
This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. It's Jesus Christ that we should hear. We're not under Elijah the prophets. We're not under the law of Moses. We're now under the law of Christ. And Jesus Christ pointed out He's been given all authority in heaven and on earth in Matthew 28, 18, after His resurrection. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus Christ is who we look to for our law and for our practice today. In Colossians 3 and verse 17, the Apostle Paul said, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So it's through the law of Christ that we do all the things we do. It's by Jesus' name, by His authority, that we do whatever we do. He is our authority today. The New Testament is Christ's law, and we're warned not to add regulations and rules and laws from the Old Testament onto the gospel. If we do that, we bring ourselves back into subjection to that Old Testament law system. We fall from grace. So we don't modify the gospel and pervert the gospel. We uh, practice what the gospel of Christ has to teach. In Galatians 5, 1 through 4, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. That Old Testament law system was a heavy yoke of regulations and commandments and ceremonies that uh, enslaved the people because it had no way of bringing forgiveness. And we don't want to go back uh, and bring over any part of that and make it essential to people's salvation. There were Judaizing teachers that had come to Galatia and said, you have to be circumcised if you want to be a good Christian and be saved. They were teaching circumcision, uh, not as some medical procedure, but they were saying that it was necessary for one to become a Jew and keep the law of Moses in order to be saved. And he says, you can't bring over the authority of the Old Testament and bind it on people today. You are falling away from the gospel and from grace if you do that. So we don't add the Old Testament commandments and regulations over to the gospel. We're told in Acts chapter 15 and verse 10 that Peter reminded the people that we weren't under the law, we're saved by faith in Christ. Now therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the necks of the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? In Acts 15, the apostles had come together to look into this matter. There were some saying that you had to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses in order to be a good Christian and be saved. And Peter said, no, you're putting a yoke upon people that the Jewish people weren't able to bear. They weren't able to keep that law and be saved by it. And certainly you don't want to put it on Gentile Christians to keep that law. So... We have a new system. So how do we read the Old Testament? We understand it's not our law today, but it is very profitable for us to read about how God dealt with men in the former age. 
We can learn about how God rewards faith and perseverance and how uh, He rewards those that seek Him. We have many examples that are found there that tell us about uh, what happens when we violate God's laws and covenant and the punishment that people receive. So there are many principles to be learned uh, in the Old Testament. We're told in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, he says to Timothy, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom and lead to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. So the Old Testament is profitable to read and to study. It helped prepare Timothy and others uh, for the coming of Jesus Christ and the salvation that are in Christ when they read those prophecies uh, in the Old Testament. So it is very profitable for us to read that Old Testament history. It's divine history that tells us about where we came from at creation. It tells us about how God... uh, worked out a scheme of redemption and foretold the coming of a Savior. There are many excellent lessons when we read the Old Testament, but it's not our law for today. Here's what the Old Testament is for. We're told in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 6, Now these things happened as an example for us, so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. We learn from those people that were wandering in the wilderness We learn that you shouldn't crave evil things, that God wants us to be a holy people and follow his commandments that he gives us and not crave idols, not crave things that are forbidden, that that we should give our hearts and lives to God. We have examples there in the Old Testament for that purpose. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So reading and studying the Old Testament is an excellent thing to do. And we have many principles of how God deals with people, both good and bad, that we can learn from. We're told in Romans 15 and verse 4, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. So those scriptures give hope that if you walk by faith, that if you walk with God, that God brings about reward, that he he has many excellent examples of faithful people in the Old Testament that we can learn the principle of faith and perseverance and enduring to the end. So they're excellent examples that give us hope that God always keeps his word and that it is the right thing to serve God and to put his will first. The Old Testament was written to teach us about transgression as it was to limit uh, the transgression among Israel and try to keep them uh, separate from the other nations. It also teaches about what sin is. It defines sin. So there are many excellent things we can learn in reading about those Old Testament commandments. Why the law then? It was added because of transgression, we're told, in Galatians 3.19. In chapter 3 and verse 20 of Romans, Because by the works of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Yeah, it shows you what kinds of desires and actions are sinful and hurtful. It defined it for you. It's good to study that old law. It showed what sin is and that people are sinners. 
In Romans 7, 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said you shall not covet. Paul said the law is holy and righteous and good. Sin or the devil used that old law to get people to violate it and fall into sin. But that old law was teaching people about sin. Paul said if he didn't realize that it was wrong to desire things that are unlawful until he read in the law of Moses, you should not covet. He came to understand it's not just your outward actions that are sinful, but also your desires can be sinful. In Romans 7 and verse 13, Therefore, did that which was good become a cause of death for me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be shown to be sin by affecting my death through that which is good, so that through the commandment sin because would become utterly sinful. To show just how wicked Satan and sin are. The law of Moses was made or hijacked to condemn people, is what Paul says. The commandment arose. Paul thought the law was a great good thing, but then he was tempted to violate that law. And then the law became a source of condemnation to him. And it showed just how utterly sinful sin is, that even a good thing, the law, could be used to destroy you. So we read the Old Testament to understand more about sin and see it revealed. And it is a book, uh, the Old Testament books also have a foreshadowing in that Old Testament history, in those Old Testament uh, prophets and kings and priests and others, a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. They were imperfect but they foreshadowed a perfect Savior that was going to come, a perfect priest, a perfect king. The Old Testament foreshadowed uh, what uh, the covenant Israel, the spiritual Israel in the New Testament would be like. So we read the Old Testament because it foreshadows. It gives us an outline of what the true substance of the New Testament is going to be. In Hebrews 10.1, For the law, since it is only a shadow of good things to come. So we read the old law, and we learn uh, the background of many things that are found in Christ. In Colossians 2.16 and 17, Therefore no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink, or in respect to festival or new moon or Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So we don't let anybody condemn us with Old Testament commandments and ceremonies and rules about clean and unclean food and about special feast days that the Jews were to follow in the Old Testament. No, we're under the law of Christ, Paul says. Those things are just shadows. We have the substance in Jesus Christ. He doesn't need anything from the Old Testament to save us. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The Old Testament serves as a witness to the fact that God was going to send a Savior into the world, that he was going to provide uh, a perfect sacrifice, a perfect priest, 
a perfect way in which we could be saved. He was going to give us a perfect shepherd and king. And he indeed has done that. So when we read the Old Testament, let's read it understanding it's the prequel to the New Testament. Let's read it understanding it's foreshadowing the New Testament, that it's divine history, and that it gives us background information to understand and appreciate the substance that Jesus Christ has brought. But let's also understand it's not our law today. Well, God bless you in your reading. May you understand it and apply it correctly. God be with you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions about what was said in this episode or any topics you would like us to cover in the future, please visit our website at whatthebiblesays.co where you can submit your questions or suggestions. There is also a place on our website if you are interested in scheduling a more personal Bible study with one of the Christians in this group. Lord willing, see you next episode.